Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 392 of Her, the podcast where, well, you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her walking. That's right, walking the talk. You're going to be walking when we're all done with you. <laughs> we have a terrific show with someone who is so special to me. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by Solaray Vitamins. That's S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Now, when I say vitamins, I mean, it's like a whole lot of stuff. You know what I discovered? was something called the Solaray Sharp Mind Energy. There's actually Sharp Mind everything, um, including energy. There's focus and sleep. And these are called nootropics. Now, there's a word you never heard before, nootropics. And that basically is anything that you take which will enhance cognition, that means what's going on upstairs with your marbles, and memory, and also helps facilitate learning. And I like doing it the natural way. So I use Sharp Mind Energy every day. Most people think I don't need that much energy because I have enough to light up a small town. However, that being said, um, I just find it to be fabulous. Um, it also enhances mood, kind of elevates it. And I take that along with my Solaray liposomal multivitamins. So run on over to solaray.com to be able to learn more. All right, now here's your reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because I love hearing from you. Want to hear your feedback. All right, it's time for her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about her. Now, anyone who knows me, knows that I'm just like a walking fool. I love to walk, and all the research is behind that. Big time research that shows that the number one way, the go-to physical activity that the grand majority of people use to be able to stay healthy in their lives is a good brisk walk. Um, and so it only made sense to me that I would link up with today's expert, and that is Riza Olinsky. Now, Riza um, has an amazing history in physical activity, which I'm going to have her share with you. But she actually joined something called um, Free Walkers in 2010, so that was 12 years ago, on a dare to walk 50 miles in one day. Well, okay, um, she was pretty hooked on that long distance walking. And, you know, she also has pursued basically health coaching and personal training with group fitness leadership as well with the American Council on Exercise. And so along with a master's degree in adult fitness management, I don't know about you, but I'd listen to her before I'd listen to somebody else about taking care of yourself and especially walking. And Risa um, recently published uh, a book called Why Walk? Um, and it's all chock full of motivational pages that will get everyone walking. All right, Risa, after that hell of an introduction, welcome on board to the Her Podcast. Well, Pam, thank you so much. That was absolutely a beautiful introduction. Greatly appreciated. 
And it is my All right. pleasure Re- to be here. All right, Risa. Well, Risa, what are you, like 25, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, I'll fess up. My next birthday, I'm 68. So there you go. And the reason why I brought that up is it's never too late. And don't be giving me this excuse out there like, oh, my God, it's too late. I'm 50. And uh so what do you say when someone, you know, gives you that that feedback? It's like, oh, my God, I've been sedentary forever since dinosaurs ruled the earth. And now you expect me to somehow wake up one day and just, you know, be fit. What do you tell them? What do I tell them? Well, first of all, I tell them that every day is a new beginning. And I like to look back and, and my, I did my first actual triathlon, my sprint triathlon. I was 54. And, um, you know, that was more than walking. That was running at the time when I used to do that. But at this age, I'm not running anymore. And I really tell them to take one step at a time. And I recommend that they do now, which there's so many options for electronic help. But back years ago, about 15 years ago, I used to put pedometers on people. The very simple Omron pedometer, the one you could buy for $20. Now we have Garmin's and Apple Watches and everything else under the sun. But I used to say, if you can walk 1,000 steps a day, you can walk 2,000. Then you can walk 3,000. Then you can walk 4,000. So I'd ask them to log it and just see where they are and be very patient with themselves because if there are no structural or physical limitations to it, there's no reason they can't put their shoes on and just get out the door. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's, let's, let's dive mm-hmm. into you here for a minute. So I, I take it, Risa, you were always like beyond fit, right? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Actually, um, and, and meeting you years ago and, and listening to your talks and things like that made me reflect back. I was not always fit. I actually, as a teenager, studied to be a concert pianist. And I went to music college. And two years after music college, I left because at 150 pounds and five foot one, I said, this is not the life I want. This is not where I want to be. I don't want to be sitting for four to five hours a day. And it all started with a hike up Mount Washington in my sophomore year at college. And I left it. And then I went from there and studied dance. And my bachelor's degree is actually a BFA from Tisch, NYU Tisch, which then was just called the School of the Arts. And I became, a, I was a physical person trapped in a sedentary body. That's what I like to say. I literally would sit at the piano for four to five hours a day practicing and I will say I was good. I would not have gotten into music college if I weren't. And I was unhappy. And in between every single note that I missed, I'd be at the vending machine buying candy. And I thought to myself, this is not my life. This is not good. So I left college, took a year. They now call it a gap year. Took a year off, went back to school, applied at NYU And with no background whatsoever in dance training, none except that year, I got accepted. Finished that. Dance led me to fitness. During, in the 80s, I'm sure you remember very well, corporate fitness was a huge movement. I worked at International Paper. I worked at Forbes magazine. And as a dancer, I was teaching aerobics classes. 
the old Jane Fonda with the headband, the whole thing. And oh no, no, no! You did not wear a headband. Yes, I did. And did you do? The, <laughs> did you do like the matching legging thing oh, yeah, and the absolutely, tights? Totally. Oh God, help us oh, all! God. I want to see pictures. I have them. I'll send them. <laughs> I still have them. I have them sitting with my legs like in a split with a headband on. Oh and no, was, no, no, no! It was hysterical. So that led me dancing and being able to choreograph led me to fitness. And I was very grateful. I had a wonderful mentor at International Paper where I was teaching. And they said, you know, there's a whole field opening up in exercise, fitness, and adult management. So I went back to school, two schools, I no, three schools I applied to, Columbia, where I got in, NYU and Queens College. And again, if you remember, Pam, Katya McArdle wrote the textbook at a Queens College for exercise science. But I didn't get into Queens, so I went to NYU. Went to NYU and got my master's and continued teaching exercise, and I have no regrets. So that was in the early 80s, worked corporate fitness, and then came out to New Jersey and had my family and continued teaching exercise and personal training for the past 40 years. Oh, my God. So you've, you've, you've kind of had your own gig um, in yeah, terms of— Yeah, I had of- my own business. Right, you had your own business, and I remember uh, you invited me to come on up, and I did, and I met with some of your folk, and we had a wonderful time. I think it it might have been in concert with the um, launch of one of my books, and uh, yep. I, I was just so impressed. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, oh, and, I do, yeah. Well, it's because, you know, you're... Uh, so inspirational and motivational, but at the same time, let, let's have a little look around the United States of America. Not pretty. Um, when you no, look it's at not, not at all. No, uh, mm-hmm. if anything, obviously, you and I both know the statistics. Yeah, it's it's gotten so uh, much worse in terms of the shape of. Uh, in fitness level of every layer of demographic from children, God help us, to adolescents, young adults, um, and then into middle age and then beyond. So you're postmenopausal, and this is always a very tough time, um, this whole menopausal transition. Um, what have you observed as you work with women um, who are like in their 40s and then they're transitioning into their 50s, knowing that like around 52-ish is the average um, age of onset of menopause itself when, you know, the periods end and then the postmenopause. What have you noticed um, in terms of maybe some lessons here on how to maintain Um, an optimal body composition and level of fitness during some of the most challenging times in a woman's life? That is a wonderful question. And yes, um, I, you know, will share a personal note, which is I did go through menopause. I was 52. And I was, one of the things I noticed, I was five foot one and a half. I'm, I'm short, I'm tiny. Um, And back then, I remembered after that, that the spine started shrinking a little bit. So I have since lost an inch and a half, which again, I know is fairly normal after menopause. But what I notice is that women 
felt hopeless and I wanted them not to feel hopeless. And this sounds like a real plug, but one of your books was my favorite, favorite books. And I I hope I don't quote the name, but Fighting Fat After 40. Fight Fat After 40 was my very first. (laughs) That was the first one. And oh my gosh, it really hit the fan in a big way, all about the relationship between mm -hmm. stress and belly fat and all the rest of it. That was the key. Couple of things. One, um, first of all, I will say my clients all had that book because that was one of the first things I would recommend to them, my personal training clients, the women, which is you got to read this book. And what stress, you just hit the word stress, stress and sleep. Sleep was a big factor. I found that women in their 40s and 50s, the kids were sort of getting older. If they had children, if they had a family, um, my kids are 34 and 36 now, so I was in that bracket. You know, they're going to college. They're, they've got lots of activities. And what I found that women didn't pay enough attention to themselves. They, they put a lot of other things first, and they never quite made the time for exercise. And in 2004, when I took the Well Coaches program and certified with them in 2005, as a trainer, as a personal trainer, I loved what I learned, which was that I was not supposed to be the expert. My client was supposed to be the expert. And what I would do is I would flip it. So I started both training people and coaching people. And I started asking questions and I wanted to get, not as a therapist, because, you know, coaching is not therapy. We know that. But I wanted to understand a person's lifestyle. I did not want to just hand them weights or say, come on, let's go for a walk or how long are you going to get on the bicycle today? Or what are you going to do? I didn't want to be the person saying, do this, do that. I want to be the person and the coach that said, let's look at the big picture. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at what you eat in the morning. Let's look at what time you go to sleep. Um, And let's fit in exercise and if walking is possible, let's fit that into your day. And I tried to get women, which I think is fabulous because women love to talk, right? We like to talk. We're gabbers. I am. I'm a talker. I am. I am. I tried to get them. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I know. I I love it. I try to get women to connect with their friends every morning that I am able. I'm usually out with one or two of my girlfriends that live in the neighborhood we connect. We say, okay, what time are we going? Eight o'clock, 830. I did my four miles this morning. What time are we going for our walk? And thankfully, I live right near a big open park that once I'm in the middle of, you could be out in New Hampshire or Vermont. Uh, it's a reservation. And I live near there, uh, the woods. So we walk up the hill and we go for a walk. It is not only stress management, exercise, Um, calorie burning, whatever you want to call it. It's a little bit of everything, but being with other people motivates people, Um, which is part of what free walkers is all about as well. When I started with free walkers, it's very much, you know, it's group walking, group walking a long distance. And I never would have imagined that I could walk 10 miles. You You can run running. You can do because you run, you're, you're, you're focusing different, differently. But walking, to walk 10 miles on your own is really kind of tough. But when you're walking with other people, you're talking. And you're just, it's just incredible. So 
I would try to get women to socialize, to connect, to, and also, in a way, it was tough, but to accept that their body is going to change. And it's okay. It's okay to accept certain changes because the more you resist it, the more stressful it is. And so it was very successful. It really was a wonderful thing. And my book, even though it's, it's specifically about walking, were quotes that were not direct quotes. They don't have names associated with them. But they're a compilation, a, a mashup, for lack of a better word, you know, when you mash up songs, a mashup of so many things that I have heard from people over the years, um, which meant a lot to me. Huh. Well, I, well yeah. I just, I, you know, I mean, the very fact that you did something very important, okay? Um, I'm sort of extracting all kinds of great lessons from what you just said. One of them is that instead of, you know, um, making your day work-centric, um, task-centric, you you made it walking-centric. So it's like, yeah, everything else will fall into place. There's no question. But what is, and this is a word I just love to use, non-negotiable. What is mm-hmm. non-negotiable <laughs> Okay, is that your behind, your feminine behind, will be walking at some point in time. You're going to have to do that. You have no choice. And so, you know, when you don't even have a conversation like, should we, could we, maybe, perhaps. No, it's like, and what time will we all be getting together? Once you develop that kind of a um, uh, a mental attitude, uh, it takes all of the angst away. You don't have to think like, oh my gosh, you know, should I, could I? No, just shut up. Find the time, Mm -hmm. do it. Move yeah. the sucker along. Tell us um, the history of free walkers. Um, for everyone out there, you just go to F-R-E-E, freewalkers.org, freewalkers.org. Have a little look at it. So tell us about that. What was so um, interesting about this? And, and what do you actually do with free walkers right now? Great. Well, okay, Free Walkers was founded in 2010, and it was founded by a gentleman named Paul Kizak. Paul had a vision. Um, he, well, he first had a, an idol, you might say, Bobby Kennedy, because Paul is older than me. He's mm, about to be 75. And when he was a teenager, he tried to do what Bobby Kennedy did in 1963, which was to walk 50 miles in one day. Now, that does sound humanly impossible, but those of us that were around back then, and, you know, I was pretty young, um, know that Bobby Kennedy did walk 50 miles. He walked your neighborhood. He walked from Maryland to Harpers Ferry. From, um, in, and his wife met him there. And the famous picture is, is Ethel rubbing his feet uh, after he walked the 50 miles. Now, why did he do that? He did it because his brother, JFK, challenged the country to be as fit as the soldiers were. And so he took on the challenge. Wait, 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 let's stop there for, hold hold on one second. I want everyone to realize, you know, this huge message because I happen to remember when JFK was doing, you know, some of that stuff too. And um, the, you know, that John Fitzgerald Kennedy as our um, president, um, 
was really into fitness in a big way. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. And I love, you know, so much of, of his quotes around this. Physical fitness is not only one of the most important keys to a healthy body, it is the basis of dynamic and creative intellectual activity. Amen, JFK. And remember, we had didn't we have the president's challenge in high school? Oh yeah, hell yes! <laughs> oh, and gotcha. so we had to do the what was it the six sixty? Um, yes, we had uh, to do push ups and run and um, what else? Sit ups. Oh my god, that was terrible. The sit ups, of course. Now we know this contraindicated where our ankles were held with straight legs. Remember that? I know. God, we had God to do help as many us all. Crunches. Oh please, <laughs> it was terrible. Now we all know, like, oh, that would kill our backs. You know, but it's it was no, I remember that very clearly. And no, it, it's so just challenge. Well, yeah. I wish we had more of that today. Instead, you know, we actually are missing a lot of military recruits because they are not accepted into the military because they're so out of shape. And that me and that really means in a big way, not only just uh, you know, in terms of strength and endurance uh, training, but also uh, they tend to be overweight and obese. Um, and this is also what we're seeing in the population. I, I, you know, I just so miss the ability to have leadership um, throughout the world, not just in the U.S. of A., um, who really push for a healthier lifestyle, but especially, you know, fitness in a, in a big way, you know, uh, I, I just, oh gosh, we're so far off track right now. That's why I really wanted you on so that when people say, but you know, I can't do a triathlon, I can't swim, I can't mm -hmm, bike, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, can, I don't want to run, I don't feel like, well, honey, you can walk. So let's go back to you free walk. walkers again and yeah. let's figure this out. So Paul started this organization, and I was the basically second person, second or third person in. And um, a good friend of mine, who's now the vice president of Free Walkers, I'm the president. I took it over three years ago. Congratulations! When Paul to step down. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it is. It's an amazing nonprofit. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're supported solely by donations. Uh, we don't have, which I would love to find, we don't have corporate, you know, sponsorship or anything like that, but we're a small grassroots organization. It was founded in New Jersey, but it has spread. It has spread. And we have over 40, oh, almost 50 now different walks from your neighborhood, from the DC area. We used to go up to Boston, but now our Boston leader kind of left us. So we're up in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, the whole area. And our walkers, our walk leaders are all volunteers. They do not get paid. Um, so we lead walks anywhere from 10 miles to 50 miles in one day. Now, what we do, we also call some of these walks mini walks because we don't want people to be intimidated. We don't want them to feel that these are ultra athletes. We're not. We're just people. And we want people to feel welcomed. It's inclusive. It is any age. And if they cannot walk the whole distance, they can 
do what I call bail. They can bail. I mean, these days there's Lyft, there's Uber. You know, there's always possibilities. Um, sometimes we'll carpool. But the whole key is motivating people to get started. We get anywhere from 10 people to 100 people walking at one time. We were down, I think I mentioned to you back in the spring, we were down in Old Town Alexandria, and we had 100 people registered to walk. We walked the East Coast Greenway 20 miles. We took the metro from Old Town up to uh, College Park, and we walked back 20 miles to Old Town. Then we walked down the Mount Vernon Trail, and we walked around that area. And for those listening that don't know this, um, this is part of the East Coast Greenway Alliance. Thankfully, the East Coast Greenway Alliance helped free walkers back in 2010 get off the ground. When we had no money, we had no support, and we were not yet incorporated as a nonprofit, they were helping us, and it was wonderful. So we walked a lot of the Greenway, and for those that, again, don't know the Greenway, it is a nonprofit based in Durham, North Carolina, and the East Coast Greenway builds and maintains trails from Key West to Maine for both pedestrian and cyclists' use. Um, they are, it's amazing. That is a wonderful organization. You can find their logos, um, which I'm sure you can, you can add to this, whatever, on, online. But it's, it's just the idea. The mission is that you can walk everywhere. So free walkers in the East Coast Greenway had an alliance. We still do. So last spring, we got 100 walkers to walk 20 miles each day. And with that, we did, usually our walks are 100% free. That's the goal, is that we don't charge anything. However, because the Greenway were very helpful to us for the first five years of our business development, we decided we want to do a small donation and a fundraiser. So we charged only $25 to each person registered to walk and raised over $2,000 and gave back to the Greenway some of that as a thank you. We also recreate, which is happening this February. Of course, for the past two years, we had to um, cancel it. We did it virtually. We recreate the Kennedy Walk. It's called the Kennedy 50, and it's on our website. We walk from Potomac, Maryland, at Angler's Inn, the little area there at the lock. We walk the CNO Canal. We start at 3 in the morning, and we walk to Harpers Ferry. Now, I will admit, I'm not doing the walk. I'm running it with my coordinator, um, John. He, we're, we're coordinating it with my board and my, my volunteers. So we stay out in Harpers Ferry. We bus our participants to the entrance, to the start of the walk. And usually about, mm, I'd say 70 or 80% finish. But if they cannot finish, even if they can do 25, 30, 40 miles, we'll pick them up with our shuttles and take them back to Harper's Ferry where we celebrate and, and celebrate the success of people. We have had people who have never walked those distances sign up for this, train for it, and finish it. They come from Germany. They come from the Netherlands. We've got people coming from the West Coast. And back in 2018, I'm going to brag a little bit. We were so excited. We had Kathleen Kennedy Townsend meet her daughter, 
Kerry Town, Kerry Townsend, well, Kerry Kennedy Townsend then now. I don't know her married name, so I won't get, I won't try to get that right. But Bobby Kennedy's granddaughter completed the 50 with us. Wow. That is, no, that's serious bragging, right? You know, uh, and congratulations (laughs) to you for being, you know, such a leader in this. I just think that, uh, we need to get more and more and more people walking. You know, during the during the lockdowns, did you notice more people were walking? I mean, honestly, A, there was nothing else to do anyway. B, it was the one place you knew for sure you're not going to pick up, you know, COVID because you're out in the middle of nowhere, usually, um, you know, on a street by yourself or certainly not, you know, sitting on top of people. Um, and, you know, it was, it was interesting. Uh, people who you know, never would walk very much before, suddenly, you know, loved the community of being with other people, especially, you know, if it's a park or, you know, whatever else and back and forth. And that's always wonderful. Um, And, you know, I was hoping and praying to God that people would keep up the walking, um, you know, once, you know, and, and, uh, there are no statistics currently that I'm I'm aware of, but um, I think it's stuck with some people, um, and that's good. Uh, but gosh, you know, it's got to be one of those things where um, I think, um, to your earlier points about how women like to kind of tend and befriend and all of that, um, that if if there were more walking groups, I looked around my own area, to be perfectly blunt with you, just one day, just for, for kicks and grins, just to see whether or not there was, there were some decent walking um, uh, groups. And between you and me, um, I think that there are some apps out there. Um, I think there's one called something like Meetup. Um, and... And you can, you know, get into some biking, uh, running, walking. And I think you have to be kind of creative with whatever resources you have in your particular neighborhood. It's also great to be able to make new friends. Um, So uh, I think that, again, walking is the lowest hanging fruit. You know, if, if you could walk to your freezer right now and, and get your food, you can walk outdoors in, in nature. Um, and, it, Thank you, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, <laughs> it's not about, you know, uh, doing some kind of uh, wild and crazy race walking. It's just kind of doing your thing, which, which makes me wonder, um, for this Kennedy walk, as it were, um, what kind of a pace do you have to keep to be able to make this thing work? Okay, that's a, very, that's a great question because we, we deal with that a lot. Um, since the CNO Canal is flat, pretty flat, and it is a combination of gravel, um, some pavement, but mostly gravel and dirt. One, it's, it's good on the legs. That's, that's a big deal. It's good on the legs. You don't have climbing. You don't have... Um, we recommend that you aim for at least about three miles an hour. All right, three miles an hour. Some people will be roughly, roughly. Some people will be going faster. Um, You know, I've got my my buddy and my walking buddy, uh, David, he's like 6'2", 
and he's completed it, and he can do a 3.5 to 4-mile-an-hour pace. Not everyone can do that, obviously. People do spread out. They don't stay all together. And right now, we have already 95 people registered for this event. Um, and this event does cost money. You know, it's not free because we're shuttling, we're hiring buses, we're paying for food, we're doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is, you know, there is a fee for this. But we support everyone going along the way. And at each, at six different stops or locks, as they call them, along the canal, we will be pulling up with food, supplies. Now, I mean, the truth is Kennedy didn't have that. So you know, we're supplying a lot more support. And if someone can't finish, we'll take them to the end point at the Clarion Hotel in Harpers Ferry. So we recommend about three miles an hour. Now, to train for that, people will say, oh, how do I train for that? Well, we, we have a, a very loose training program, which is not, you know, it's not based on, on scientific study to walk 15 miles an hour. Actually, it was created by a gentleman who has done this many times. And he laid out a rough idea of what to do. And, they, and really, it was just get up and get out almost every day. If you can, and then at a certain point, you start increasing your mileage when you get closer. And if you can do 25 to 30 miles in one day, which Free Walkers does, many of our events are 25 to 30 miles, you can, there's a good shot that you're going to make the 50. I have been incredibly amazed by women you know, we have really a lot of women, women and men, but, but amazed by these people who can do this. I, the greatest distance that I've done is 32 miles in one day. I have walked the Great Saunter in Manhattan, which is the perimeter of Manhattan Island. I did that. And I've walked many of our 30-mile walks. But um, I'm going to admit, I haven't done the 50 because I've usually run it and been working it. But it's it's pretty incredible. And when they finish, I can only guess or imagine that it's what people feel like when they run a marathon, they do a big triathlon, an Olympic, an Ironman, or something like that. But even if they just go a little further than they knew they could go, they feel the the high, the excitement on Saturday night at that dinner, that simple little dinner we have in the dining room there. Is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. People are ecstatic. Well, well you know, and, well, I think a lot of people also think that, um, you know, the biggest parties are certainly ones I've attended, which is, you know, um, uh, surrounding a marathon. You know, uh, when you have your uh, spaghetti dinner the night before, none of which I ever ate because um, I didn't eat all that stuff. You know, it's like, what is the point? I mean, this was fine for a bunch of guys, but this was not doing much for me. Um, and, you know, and the rest of it, I like the fact that you also have combined walking with a, you know, a big celebration as well. Um, and because it, 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 it really is. Now, there's one other quick little technical thing, because one of uh, my uh, team members, when they heard about your, your walk, I was wondering about the shoes. Um, I personally, you know, like to have a really cushioned, um, sneakerish kind of thing. But on the other hand, a light kind of hiking shoe. Um, I have Merrells and I have Solomons and others. 
um, that I get over at REI and places like that, um, I find to be incredibly uh, comfortable. Um, I think you really need um, a goodly amount of cushion um, to be able to handle uh, that. And a real good cushiony um, uh, sock like Belega, um, which you could buy almost anywhere, which I love, or Thorlo, one of those. Um, I think they help too. What do you think? Um, I'm total agreement. Uh, a couple of things. One, I'm a Merrill fan. I'm definitely a Merrill fan, and I wear their light waterproof Moabs. And I and I I have ridiculous amount of shoes in my in my closet in my my garage. But it, depending on the surface, like with the CNO Canal, yes, a light hiker, preferably waterproof. That's important because again, in February we have absolutely no idea what the weather's going to be. Um, we've been doing this event take 10 years minus two for the uh, lockdown and the pandemic. And the one thing you don't want to do is wear heavy hiking shoes. M one of my first very long um, walks that I did, and I did it on the DNR Canal in New Jersey, uh, the Delaware and Raritan Canal stands for DNR. I didn't know better. This is way back when, and, you know, again, I was a runner and a walker, so I always wore sneakers. I always wore running shoes. And I wore my Timberland heavy leather boots. Oh, no, no. Oh, Worst thing my, you could yeah. have done. Terrible. Oh, Lord. Terrible. Damn things weigh more than you do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, one, no, yeah. no. That's, well, no, that's terrible. good for an intermediate hike in the Grand Canyon. Well, but this is not yeah, going to help yeah. you, you know, at on the, the overall. Of, oh, it was terrible. At the end of the walk, I came home. And I had only done about 20 miles at that point, And I got off. I took off the boots. I had the worst blood blisters you could possibly imagine on my heels. My husband looks at me and says, you need to go to a doctor. I said, no, no, no. I just won't wear shoes the next day. I'll walk around in flip-flops. It was unbelievable. So I learned my lesson. But, a couple of things. Yeah, well, so it's just a light hiking shoe. There's so many of them out there. I, I have my collection of Merrill's and Solomon's and others. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you're training for something like this, um, you know, you want to build up gradually over time and really take it seriously uh, to be able to do something um, like this. So you really truly have to build up that endurance as well as strength. You know, throughout your entire body, this isn't just a uh, leg proposition. This is your entire body. So I want to make sure everyone out there um, runs on over to two different websites. One is Risa's uh, website, which is R-I-S-A Olinsky, O-L-I-N-S-K-Y dot com, Risa Olinsky dot com, and read about this beautiful, amazing woman who has really dedicated herself to helping people for decades now. Um, and maintains her own fitness despite it all, um, and uh, really is there as an excellent resource um, and as a coach. The other website is, as we've been speaking about it, is Free Walkers, F-R-E-E -E Walkers, freewalkers.org, where you can learn all about um, these events, how you can, you know, hop on board and where they're located all throughout the United States. And um, I, I just think that uh, it's, it's just wonderful to know that people like you exist. And I, I just think really in many respects, if you think of all the health benefits 
of doing this kind of physical activity, um, cardiovascular, diabetes, all the rest of it. Notice not once did we say, hey, you're out there to you know drop a load of weight. Guess what? If you're training for something like this, if you're taking good care of yourself, if you're nourishing yourself appropriately, then you will be optimizing your body composition over time. Um, notice I didn't say the word weight, it's body composition. You want to be able to, you know, drive down the, the percent body fat, but at the same time, you want to drive up your, your muscle mass and maintain it. And you can't do it by sitting down all day long. So you've got to be able to be thinking about, you know, quality body composition through each of the decades of life. And I don't care how old you are out there, girlfriends in the her podcast land, <laughs> you better be starting mm -hmm. and, and just get this whole thing going. So Riza, I just can't thank you enough um, for sharing these amazing um, and wonderful and inspirational experiences you've had, as well as your work. Your work is extraordinary. Thank you for really touching people's lives and helping improve their lives, because when you get down to it, you're walking for your life. Thank you, Risa. Yeah. We really appreciate and your thank being. Thank you. Absolutely. And then I'm going to check this out with just one more John F. Kennedy quote. I'm sorry, I'm just full of JFK mm -hmm. here. Yeah, since the, that's great. Since the time of the ancient Greeks, we have always felt that there was a close relationship between a strong, vital mind and physical fitness. So, you know, just remember, you know, you got to have both. It's a, a dual proposition, just like what I said with uh, the solar ray, um, sharp mind. You know, it's about keeping that strong, vital mind with physical fitness. A plus all the way through. Okay, now, everyone out there, oh my gosh, run on over to iTunes, rate and review the show, because I want to hear from you. Why? Well, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Herb Podcast. Please follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, and all of the major platforms. Thanks for listening today. Please stay safe and stay well.